Welcome to another inspirational message from Pastor Ron Hammonds, Senior Pastor of Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We're so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Today, welcome again to Church on the Rock today. Today and to Church Online. Church Online is church anytime. Isn't it wonderful that you can rewind and hear what I said one more time in case you miss it, okay? And so today we're going to be going again to Matthew uh, chapter 24. I'll quote one scripture before we get there. We're picking up on our, uh, on our third part in a series on, on um, the return of Christ that's our message for today, return of Christ. We've talked about this new world order, and we've talked about the last days. And this morning, we are concluding with the return of Christ. This Sunday, we celebrate Jesus' triumphant entry into Jerusalem. If you have read the story in the New Testament Gospels, you know that one day Jesus rode into Jerusalem on a donkey. It was one week before he would be crucified and resurrected. In fact, a week later on that same day of the week, the first day of the week, he would be resurrected uh, victorious over sin, death, hell, and the grave. And so we are in a very special season. Next Sunday, we celebrate Easter uh, here in the Western world. And, and just remembering that Jesus rode in on that little donkey, uh, today being Palm Sunday, according to Zacharias' prophecy. Zacharias said this in chapter 9 and verse 9, Rejoice greatly! O daughter of Zion, shout, O daughter of Jerusalem, behold, your king is coming to you. Isn't that great? Your king is coming. Whoa, what a thing to shout about. What a thing to rejoice over. He is just in having salvation lowly and riding on a donkey, a coat, the foal of a donkey. Well, that day the multitudes went before Jesus and they laid palm branches in the way and the children also gathered around and they cried, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. And uh, uh, what, what a day to remember. I am so uh, thrilled to be able to share the word of God with you about the coming of the Lord. Your king is coming, talking about the return of Christ. And as I said earlier today, we're going to begin in Matthew chapter 24. We're going to be picking up where we left off last week in the conclusion of our series. And we know from Matthew chapter 24 and chapter 25, we know where Jesus was, we know when it was, and we know what he was doing. This takes place on the side of the Mount of Olives. If you've been with me to Israel, when we walk out of Jerusalem and walk across the Kidron Valley and start up the Mount of Olives, it's only about a 150, 200-yard walk. It's not that far. And you walk up the side of the Mount of Olives, you turn around and you're looking over Jerusalem. That's where Jesus was. It was most likely on a Tuesday, April the 4th. I think I've told you that before. In the year A.D. 30. Why? Because in the year A.D. 30, uh, this week, this holy week, fell in the time just before the full moon. And so we know that this is perhaps, according to his tradition, the middle of the week. Because Jesus had a tradition, John 7 tells us, of, of going up to Jerusalem when he was there in the middle of the week. 
This was just two days, the Bible says, uh, before Passover. So we know about what day it would have been. Probably in the evening on a Tuesday, just before the Wednesday, Thursday. And that year, if it was A.D. 30, Passover started at sundown on Thursday. And Jesus would have been crucified on Friday and resurrected on Sunday. So there were only a few years there that this could have happened. A.D. 30 is one of them. And so uh, we know that Jesus wanted to share something with his disciples. So he comes out of Jerusalem and he, and he goes up and sits on the side of the Mount of Olives in the evening. And they're looking over the city. And his disciples ask him a question. We've been talking about this question the last two weeks. The question they ask him is, is uh, when shall the end come? When, when shall the end of this age be? When is it? When is the end of the world going to happen? That's the basic question they ask him. And he begins to talk to them. Very familiar passage to most people. They have probably heard before what Jesus started saying. Well, you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars and pestilence and nation against nation and, and you know, kingdom against kingdom. And you're going to see earthquakes in a lot of different places. And, and he begins telling them this. And, but then he says, but the end is not yet. That does not signify the end. Basically, Basically letting us know that every generation was going to encounter hardships and difficulties and earthquakes and pestilence. And he said, but the end is not yet. He was very, uh, very poignant and he pointed really to the fact that the world problems cannot determine the coming of the Lord. Because only God will determine when the return of Christ is. And, and Jesus was there just, just sharing with them. Because he was headed toward the very last Passover. Why the last Passover? Well, this week would be the last Passover because it would be the last time that God would accept sacrifice for sin. Interesting, huh? And at, uh, just, in, just in perhaps another two days, Jesus is going to end up having a, uh, um, um, a last supper, as we remember. And at the last supper, that will be the last supper, because he will institute communion instead of Passover. He'll say, now, you know, uh, Passover was looking forward to the lamb being slain. Communion now begins tonight, he says. And, and th th this is my body broken for you. This is my blood shed for you. And this is going to commemorate the lamb having given his blood. Isn't that great? Yeah, right there was the, was the pinnacle. And so Jesus, in, in this all-important moment, as he is being asked this question, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Jesus really clearly answered the question. He said a lot, a whole lot of trouble is going to happen in every generation. But don't let that fool you. Do not be deceived. A lot of people are going to say a lot of things. But don't be deceived. He said, let me tell you when the end will come. In Matthew 24, 14, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The end is going to come when this gospel shall be preached unto all nations for a witness. Then the end shall come, he said. He was very, he very, he said, this is not the end. Let me tell you what the end is. The end is that when the generation who, you know, every generation is going to go through problems. 
But when that generation that's going through all the difficulties and going through all the problems, whenever they get their eyes off the world news and get their eyes onto the good news, whenever that generation in the midst of all of their difficulties takes up the cross and carries the good news into all the world, then when the whole world has heard it as a witness in that generation, the end will come. We're looking for a generation right now. God's looking for a generation. Do you know Jesus wants to come back? He's ready to come back. And they're looking for a generation. All of heaven is looking for a generation that will rise up in the midst of their difficulties, in the midst of their own problems, in the midst of the persecutions, in the midst of their, the concerns, and carry the gospel to all the world. Jesus continued in Matthew, the 24th chapter, as we pick up where we left off last Sunday, in verse 45, he says, Who then? Who? Oh, just, just think about this. Who? Who then is a faithful and wise servant who is master made ruler over his household to give them food in due season? Who? Who? Well, you and I. We are the ones in this generation that, that Jesus has made us to be rulers over his household. We are the gatekeepers of the gospel. We are the gatekeepers of the kingdom. We are the gatekeepers of the word of God. You and I, those who have been born again, Christ lives on the inside of us. The Holy Spirit has empowered us. And we are the ones whom he has made ruler over his household. We decide who gets to hear the word of God. We, the church, we as individuals, do you know you get to decide whether your family hears the word of God or not? You get to decide whether your neighbors hear the word of God or not. You get to decide whether your coworkers get to hear the word of God or not. Do you know how many people go to work sent there by God to hear the gospel and no one there, not one born-again Christian in a school or a classroom or in a problem will take that opportunity to give them their food in the due season? The due season is the season that God is dealing with their hearts. When God is ready for a husband to hear the word of God and made his wife a gatekeeper over the word of God, they would just go home from church, both of them, go home from this church and carry the loving word of God back to their husbands and sharing with them, you know. It took two years for him. Who is that faithful, Vanessa, faithful and wise servant who God chose to give food to those who needed it in due season. Blessed, verse 46, blessed is that servant whom his master when he comes will find so doing. Well, I want to be one of those. I want to be one of those that's blessed, that's doing what the Lord left me to do when he comes back again. You see, Jesus is, is, is giving us a conclusion here. You know, everybody's going to have problems. Let me answer your question. When is the end of the age? Well, everybody's going to have problems. You're going to have problems, but don't think for a moment that I'm coming back until those who are going through problems 
look beyond the problems and start sharing the answers and start sharing the solutions. Let me tell you, God can help you where you are. God can help your family wherever they are. God can reach your children. God can reach your spouse. God can reach even your enemies with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He can reach your parents. He can reach your friends. He can do it if you will be a faithful and a wise servant. If you will dare to let Christ shine through you. Jesus is talking here. He, he, he says, verse 50, he, he also says to them, the master of that servant will come on a day when he is not looking for him and in an hour when he is not aware of it. We'll get so caught up in the work of the Lord, so caught up in sharing the love of Christ, so caught up in doing what we're called to do that we're no longer looking for him to come. We're looking for another chance to share the gospel with somebody. And all of a sudden, boom, he'll come and blessed is the one whom he finds doing what he left him to do when he comes again. Well, you know, it's, it's plain from Matthew chapter 24. And by the way, I get so excited. I, I had this dream last night. I'm going to divert here for just a moment. I had this dream last night. And the dream was that someone had come to help us administrate the church and and you know kind of kind of you know uh, and and so they wanted to know they came from somewhere very important and they were very important and I don't even know what it was but they 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 came and they wanted me to catch them up on what we were doing I started catching them up on some things we were doing and I started telling them some of the things you'll need to know if you're going to actually do this administration you're actually going to need to know this and what we're doing this 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 and 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 they were dressed in a nice business suit really sharp and and they were really wise and they were really you know smart and and they looked like they had everything they needed to do it and finally they pushed back from the table we were at a at, at a big table and said are you on drugs that's what they said to me are you taking drugs I said no They said, well, something's wrong with you. You are so excited about what y'all are doing. (laughs) I said, yes, I am. No, I'm not on drugs, but let me tell you. I said, because I haven't finished yet. They said, I've heard enough. Y'all can't be doing all that. I said, yes, we are, and I haven't even begun to tell you all the things we're doing and all the other things we got planned to do. And and they said, you're just too excited. Back up. Stop. I said, no, I can't stop. If you're going to be a part of this, you've got to hit the ground running. (laughs) And uh, anyway. I'm hoping we are that generation that sees the return of Christ. Uh, We don't know the day that he's coming. It's plain from Matthew chapter 24. We do not know the day. We do not know the hour the Lord will come. And even though we do not know when, we do know who will receive a reward and who will not receive a reward when he comes. And we know what to do in order to be ready for his return. So let's hear Jesus explain who. Who? Because he asked the question, who is that faithful and wise servant? Now down in chapter 25, he's going to answer his own question. He's going to tell us who that faithful and wise servant is. Who's going to receive a reward when the Lord returns? Verse 31 of chapter 25 Jesus continuing his discourse. They're still on the Mount of Olives. His disciples, it's getting a little late probably. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, you know, when are you coming? When's the end of the age? When's the end of the world? Well, there's going to be a lot of problems, but the gospel's got it preached into all nations as a witness. Then the end shall come. 
you're not going to know it, but who is that faithful servant? He's going to come when you're not looking for him. But who, who is it that's supposed to give people, feed people in due season? Who is the faithful one? Well, when the Son of Man comes in all his glory and the holy angels with him, he will sit on the throne of his glory. All nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them one from another as a shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. And he will set his sheep on the right hand, but goats on the left. Then the king will say to those on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Here's the ones that are getting the reward. It's the ones on his right hand. It's the, it's the sheep, not the goats. That he's going to, that they don't, he's saying, listen, let, let me tell you who I'm looking for. Let me tell you the generation that I'm looking for. Let me tell you the ones that are going to be, you know, uh, be the ones that bring, you know, uh, completion to this great commission and fulfill God's will in the earth and actually effectuate my return. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Why? Verse 35. Who? For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you took me in. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Oh my goodness. He's talking about due season. Not D-U-E, but D-O. He's talking about living, somebody living in due season. Somebody's living in, in doing something. Despite all of the famine and all of the drought and all of the worry and the pestilence and all of the political problems and divisions and all of the earthquakes and all of the wars and all of the threats of wars and all of the nations divided and kingdoms divided somebody is out there in the midst of all of this and look what they are doing here they are feeding people and they're giving people water and and then they're reaching out to people they don't even know they are caring about people that they have no relationship relationship with the strangers and people who are in need of being covered and people who are sick and people who are in prisons perhaps of their own making or maybe someone else has put them into a deep dark hole and here they're being ministered to verse 37 the righteous will answer the Lord and say Lord when did we see you hungry or thirsty and uh, you know or, 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 or a stranger verse 38 and are naked and when, when did we clothe you when did we see you sick verse 39 or in prison when did we come to you and Jesus of course gave the answer and the king will answer verse 40 and say to them assuredly I say to you inasmuch as you did it to one of the least of these my brethren you did it to me Listen now, there is no clearer message of the end times than this message. This is the passage. These are the verses that every person who's going to preach on the end times, every person who's going to preach on the last days and point to when Jesus is going to come back, this Matthew chapter 24, 25, uh, well, 24, they often don't necessarily include 25. But chapter 24 is the one they point at to say wars and rumors of wars and earthquakes and more places than there ever were before. And, you know, no, no. When's the Lord coming back? 
when this gospel shall have been preached into all the world for a witness to all nations, then the end shall come. Now, who is going to be there at that point? Let me tell you who. When the master comes back, he's going to find people that are feeding the hungry in the name of Jesus. People that are doing what the master said, apportioning to others. People that are caring and reaching out and bringing the gospel and ministering to those who are sick and in prison and caring for them. There is no clear end time message. You know, um, yes, war, sickness and drought, homelessness, hardship, slavery. Of course, it seems always to happen to somebody else, doesn't it? That's why I believe he put in there strangers. Because sometimes when things don't happen to us, they just don't seem real. This is the picture Jesus painted as he gave what were some of his last words on the subject of the last days, on the subject of him coming again, on the subject to answer the question, when will you come again? Sermons on the return of Christ might be more scriptural and more like Christ if they majored on what instead of majoring on when. Oh, that was good. I should have put that one in red. Uh, I, I didn't put this in red either, but listen to this. What should we be doing instead of when do we get to stop? <laughs> Come on now. Listen to me. If you get nothing else from today's message, get this. Take someone who is in a difficult marriage. Take someone who is at a difficult job. Take someone who is living in a war zone. Someone who is going through, you know, a political upheavals. Maybe someone going through bankruptcy, financial downturn. Difficulties happen. And uh, maybe in the midst of our difficulties... Maybe, you know, what we need, of course, is Jesus to come and help us, right? Come, Lord Jesus, come. But maybe more than when is this going to stop? Maybe more than how, you know, when can I get out of this? You know, I mean, come on now. Have you ever just wanted to say, shoot up here amongst us? One of us got to have some relief, you know? When? 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 That's a lot of prayer. When? A lot of people get on their knees and say, when? 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 When is this going to stop? When? When? Instead of that, perhaps the answer is, what do I need to do for Jesus where I am? And when we can get our focus on what we need to do where we are and get caught up in doing something for Jesus where we are, we won't even notice it. And boom, he'll come. Perhaps the last day's message should be a message of what instead of when. Maybe the charts need to say, what do you need to be doing instead of this is when Jesus is coming. Oh, this is some good stuff. Preachers, don't turn me off. Especially since no one knows when anyway. But everyone knows what. Everybody knows what. And what is harder to do than just sit around wondering when? 
Perhaps one of the most important impacts of the prophetic fulfillment uh, that overshadowed Palm Sunday uh, is missed in reading about Palm Sunday. You know, Jesus had just, in Matthew 24 and 25, he had just gone through Palm Sunday. Sunday is the first day of the week. He rode in Jerusalem, and then it was a couple of days later. It comes to the middle of the week. You know, Sunday, first day, Monday, Tuesday, then Thursday, Friday. Friday is Shabbat. You know, uh, uh, so in the middle of this week, he's there. But if we looked back just two or three days earlier from Palm, uh, uh, excuse me, from Matthew 24, we would find Jesus on a Sunday riding into Jerusalem on a donkey. It's prophetic. It's prophetic of Jesus returning. It's prophetic of what he's going to do when he comes again. That's what him, him, him riding on that little donkey, you know, he's coming back on a great white horse. But it's all prophetic, and it's all a picture. It's, it's, it's God showing us what's going to happen when Jesus comes back. And if we were to follow this story, uh, it's, it's, it's in Matthew chapter 21, along about verse 12 and 13. If we were to follow this story of Jesus coming into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. The first thing he did once he got to Jerusalem was he went in and started cleansing the temple. Hello? He upset things. He changed their whole system. People who were pretending to worship and people who were pretending to, 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 to do well. You know, I mean, the, the Bible says he overturned the tables of those who were there and he drove out everyone that sold and everyone that bought. He didn't just drive out the sellers. He drove out those who were buying it. Oh, I'm, okay, I'll, I'll close before I start stepping on one of the signs of the end time is preachers that, that, that are selling something and congregation members that are buying it. There is no other way but for us in the name of Jesus to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him. Don't push the ejection button. Don't imagine that you, you know, that, that, that getting out is the answer. It's not. Getting in is the answer. Getting out of, 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 of your situation, let that be something that Jesus does and you don't. If you need out, let Jesus get you out. But for the time being, you get in. You get in. You get in by doing what he's called you to do right where you are. Don't make it worse. Leave it better than you found it. Work on it. Do everything that you can. Do your part, even if others aren't. It's one of the reasons why we're feeding the hungry. One of the reasons why, you know, we have more than 400 producing water wells. Uh, that we, you know, we, we're, we're looking at drilling another water well uh, here. Uh, let's see. Uh, it, uh, Brandon's going to find a place, I think, for us to do it in a little town called El Bergen. He's going to be looking around uh, about 10 days from now. He'll be in Kenya looking, seeing if we can find a place to drill another well. If not, we'll set him up a tank and haul water in. 
Strangers you'll never meet. We're carrying a group in July. We're going to build 10 houses. Somebody here has already paid for 10 houses for us to build right on that trash dump in a place called Gioto. For people we don't even know. And we'll bring them the gospel of Jesus Christ. Three got born again there yesterday. Gang members are being born again. People, the, the, the most wanted, people on the most wanted list just got born again just a few weeks ago. Turned in their weapons and said, Jesus is my Lord, my Savior. That's just there. It multiplies to the Philippines, what we're doing in the Philippines, what we're able to do in, in, uh, in, in Thailand and in Russia and in Ukraine. You know, last night it was only so bad I had to find somebody in, in, in Ukraine. Do you know I finally found somebody in Ukraine? I didn't know it, but I knew them. And I had, I, I, I had preached a conference down in San Antonio, Texas, and that person was in the church, that missionary, and I got in contact with him last night. He is in Ukraine right now in a house uh, with, with five different families and uh, a, a guy from San Antonio uh, and uh, you know father-in-law to one of my friends and, and I, I, I connected my friend last night and said how how do I get money to your father-in-law because there are um, we want in we don't want out yesterday whenever we fed there, there there's another church uh, uh, Church on the Rock in Texarkana that's been alternating feeding with us in 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 uh, in, 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 in Kenya and uh, and he's wanted to pay for all the water. And I've said no because we're spreading it out as far as we can. And we got people, I, I got a year's worth of water already paid for in that one place. Uh, and, and, and we're doing, and, and I, I said, listen, Pastor John, let me know. You know, uh, because I know other opportunities and, and I know other, other, you know, missions come up and, and other priorities. Let me know whenever you no longer want to be a part of this. And he texts me back, I am not decreasing. I am increasing. I'm not getting out. I'm getting in. Yeah. This is the attitude of the body of Christ today. More people are coming to Christ. Whole families are coming to Christ. Not only here in the States, but all over the world. People are hungry for Jesus. More people hunting down churches now. They're looking for a straight word from God. And the word of the Lord does what it said it would do. It changes lives. Give it a chance. So I'm going to encourage you. Don't get out of your marriage. Get in. Don't get out of your job. Get in. Get in. Let God use you. You know, let God use you. God will. He will. <laughs> he wants to. I, I'm preaching the testimonies that we've heard today. I remember asking Jason to go on a, on a missions trip. Go with us and share the gospel in a capital city of some nation. Did I think you finally made it. How, how long did you have to stay like in Greenland? A week. Because only one plane flew in a week and one plane out. And in order for him to go there and stand in the capital city of Greenland and read that gospel proclamation over there and post it up and pray over that nation and walk around the nation, he had to commit to one whole week of being in Greenland. And Greenland is the one that is all iced over. Iceland is the one that is green. Greenland is the one that is iced. And he said, there are no planes. There's only one plane a week. I said, God bless you, son. <laughs> he got in, didn't get out. 30-something countries later, for our church, he has carried the gospel to more than 30 countries, multiple times to some places. 
Hey, look, praise the name of the Lord. That's just, that's a guy you've never even heard. He doesn't make a squeak in church. He walks in and walks out. He's, he's in. Get in. Don't look for a way to get out. Look for a way to get in. Get in with Jesus. Get involved. You can do it. You can make a difference. It is unlimited the difference a person can make when they don't care who gets the credit for it and they're willing to put it, the results in God's hands. You can do this. You can do it. For those of you here on campus and for those of you online, let me encourage you today to hear the word of the Lord. Jesus is coming again. The return of Christ is imminent. That means he could come at any time. He'll come at a time whenever we aren't looking for him. Why? Because we're, we're busy. We're busy doing the work of the Lord. He'll come. I'm, I'm excited about him coming. But until he gets here, we're going to get further in, not out. Amen? So let me encourage you. If you hear nothing else this morning, let that little voice in your head go off and say, Get in. Don't look for a way out. Look for a way in. Look for a way that you can bring Christ into that moment. How can you bring Jesus into that argument, into that relationship, into that situation? How can you get Jesus in? Not how can I get out. If God wants you out, let him get you out. He knows how to get you out. You won't have to worry about it. And if he does get you out, say, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and then look for another place to take him. Do your part, and he will do his. This morning, if you're not sure that you're born again, you can be sure. You can be sure that the knock on the door of your heart is Jesus. Open it up. Just simply acknowledge that and say, Jesus, here I am. It's a part of my Bible reading how Samuel was told by Eli this morning to, to just say, here I am, Lord. The next time you hear that knock, here I am, Lord. Open up your heart. Say to God, God, I believe in you. I believe in Jesus. Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. You can do that, again, like Jason did at home. You can do it in church. You can do it in your car. Wherever you are, right here today, Jesus, come into my heart. Come into my life. Come into my situation. And he will. Thanks again for joining us for another encouraging word from Pastor Ron Hammonds. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastor and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.